from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The Los Angeles Lakers saw their season come to an end last night in dramatic fashion. The Denver Nuggets get the sweep. And just when you thought it wouldn't get any worse for the Lakers fans after the game, it might have. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and we have a ton to get to about last night. Not just because of the game, but because of what happened afterwards. It started almost innocently enough. This is LeBron James at the press conference after the game talking about whether or not he's considering retirement. We'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. And um, just for me personally, going, going forward with the game of basketball, I got a lot to think about. Dave McMiniman, our buddy, followed LeBron into the parking lot afterwards, asked follow-up questions. This is how it went. The question, when you say you got to think about stuff, what thread should we, we, would, should we be pulling on that? The answer, if I want to continue to play, the follow-up question, as in next year, yeah, you would walk away, I got to think about it. Harry, you've been in this situation as a former athlete. You just watch your team lose. You've been swept. The season's over. How much does emotion play into just this moment for LeBron? Well, emotion is everything, Fitz, because not only did you just lose in the Western Conference Finals, it's the manner that you lost in. Every one of those games, you had an opportunity and you could have won, and you ended up getting sweet. So, so much is going through your mind to the point to where you're asking yourself, do I want to do this again or can I do this again exerting this same energy right that I just gave in this game for and LeBron did everything that he could for his team to get that victory so much to the point to where he was so exerted that he couldn't perform at a very high level in the fourth quarter now I say that I personally don't think LeBron James is going to retire because one of the things I think he really wants to do is play with his son Bronny And I think there has been no father-son duo in NBA history that has even been on the court at the same time with one another, better yet, in the same uniform. That's another piece to the puzzle that LeBron James can add to his legacy in being the first to be able to do so. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, Bronny James is going to be draft eligible next year. So right now, he's not in the NBA. Going into next year, a team could draft him. And you're right, LeBron has made it very clear that the dream for him is to play on the court with his son. In fact, all the way back in January, this is what LeBron said when he sat down with Dave McMiniman about playing with his son. I got to be on the floor with Bronny, you know, either on the same uniform or, uh, you know, a matchup uh, against him. But I, I would love to um, do the whole uh, King Griffey Sr. Jr. thing. That's, 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 that would be ideal for sure. Being, being with him, spending a full year with him in the same uniform, that would be the icing on the cake. I don't, I don't take that lightly, little Fitz, because you can just tell 
the determination in his voice or hear it that he wants to be out there with his son at some point, no matter if it's playing against him, those two guys matching up against one another or being on the same roster. Is it something that LeBron James wants to do and accomplish that no one has ever did in the NBA? Well, all things can be true here. This is why there are a couple of things in my mind, Harry. Number one, uh, you mentioned exhaustion from the game. I think we have to remember that this entire season has been exhausting for the Lakers. They started poorly. Obviously, we all know that. Then they make a bunch of trades, and they got to get guys gelled together quickly. We know how well that went to their credit. Then they got to play to the play-in. Then they got to go through two rounds of the playoffs. Now they just got swept in a series where I feel like he didn't even have time to take a tinkle break if he wanted. He was on the court the entire time, including 48 minutes last night, right? So you think about where his body and his mind is right after the game. Exhaustion is fair. And exhaustion makes most of us emotional, right? Like, uh, I, I don't care what, what somebody's doing for a living. If, if you're driving a truck, if you're working in a warehouse, you work, you make widgets for a living, you make spreadsheets. If you didn't sleep, if you've gone through it, if life is stressful for you, you're just exhausted. And so all of a sudden, you're in this moment where you're exhausted, you lost. I think human nature says just the contemplation of, man, I got to think about if I want to keep doing that. That, to me, feels kind of normal here. But there well, is also... Well, on, t- on top of being 38 years old, Fitz, right? It's not like LeBron James is, is, a, is a spring chich- chicken. Even though he's playing at a very, very high level, he's exhausting himself every single time he's on the basketball court at 38 years old. The makeup sometimes of what you got to do to prepare yourself to get ready for a game, get ready for a practice, those are the things that the people on the outside don't see. That's everyday life. The things that you have to do to even get to a point to where you can perform at that high level. I mean, my God, we've talked about it with you before. And we talked about it the other day. How much more you have to put your body through as you get older just to do this. And you think about how many people listening right now will roll their eyes to the concept of it. But if you ask them to go to the gym six days this week and work their asses off, they wouldn't be able to do it. Right. Like, I think when you think about the wear and tear that it takes on somebody's body and the way his body must feel right now, uh, it's this is... uh, this is all very human, normal emotion. Now, there is a way here, frankly, and, and this is where I think everybody's sort of freaked out about it, because LeBron could soft retire, essentially, walk away from the team for a year, give the money back, and then come back to the league in a year to play with Bronny. His foot has not been right for a long time. And even with his foot not being right, he's still out there outworking everybody on his own team in this game. I just keep thinking about your body's broken down, your mind's broken down you're tired you want to play with your kid but there is a loophole that would allow you to do that and take a year off I can't just flippantly dismiss the thought of LeBron sitting there saying you know what I want to do right now I want to get healthy enough to play with my son because if he wants to make it a whole nother year to then play with Bronny that's going to be even more difficult if his body doesn't get a break at some point which is something I think LeBron James has to consider Fitz I told you I went through that foot injury when I, my last year with the Falcons, and it bothered me all the way up to my last year with the Tennessee Titans. So, but, so for three years. So if he feels like he's at a point to where he has to take that time to get his foot right, and I'll tell you, if walking on uneven surfaces, that's not going to make it even better, right? You got to get your metatarsals worked through every single day, so you know they they aren't stiff and you know loose enough for you to make the cuts. And basketball, you talk about the agilities that you got to have, the footwork. Like it's it's not something to, to, to overlook. But I want to say this, though, too, though, LeBron James, right, and talking about he has to think about if he's going to be able to play next year. We got to remember who his best friends are. And one of his best friends is Carmelo Anthony, who just came out with that video yesterday saying that he is retiring. So when you have a best friend like Carmelo and then you are the age that you are as well. 
and you are around that 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 gentleman, it's going to loom in your mind. I don't care how great you are, what level you're playing at. It's just an age thing at some point. And then, you know, Carmelo has a son that's, that's coming through the ranks in, at basketball. LeBron has a son that's coming up, uh, two of them that's coming up through the ranks of basketball. So those type of things are on your mind, too. And LeBron even stated that he shot the video for Carmelo. Yeah, this is what LeBron said at his press conference about Carmelo Anthony retiring. Well, I, I kind of knew the, the announcement was going to happen because um, I shot the video a week ago. <laughs> that you guys seen today. So, um, people probably think I'm lying about that too, huh? Um, I shot that video like a week ago, so I already knew the announcement was coming. Just didn't know which day, but it happened today. And uh, But it's still bittersweet, obviously. Um, that's one of my best friends. Um, you know, when I got into this league, even before I got to this league, I mean, when we have so many moments when we were in high school from competing against each other. It's funny you bring that up, Harry, because, like, uh, certainly, I, I don't know what it's like to be an NBA player in the locker room, but I do remember at the end of my music career touring how some of the guys that had risen at the same time I did, and we were all a little older, we'd sit backstage and talk about like how different our approach was versus the young guys on tour and how different your body feels versus the young guys, battling stupid things like tendonitis where your hands hurt 24 hours a day, and you're like, God, is this all worth it? And you're looking around at guys that aren't playing the way they used to play. like the, the Just your circle of friends and your circle of influence and seeing everybody go through these things, it does, again, very human element here. It just weighs on your mind. Somebody's listening right now that's in their car that has a best friend that that retired last year. Now they're suddenly thinking, wow, should I make that plunge? Should I retire yep. too? Like, that's real for people. And, and these are two guys, right? LeBron James playing at uh, St. Vincent, St. Mary's. Uh, I think that's the name of the school. And then Carmelo playing at Oak Hill Academy. These guys played against each other in high school, right? So they, they came up through the ranks together. So they know or understand what each other has have gone through throughout their career. Right. And you seeing your best friend retiring and entering another chapter of his life. Those things, you know, are in the back of your mind as well. You can't just dismiss it. Yeah, this is all part of the process of breaking down what LeBron said. I don't think a ton of people are necessarily shocked today that the Lakers season is over. The Denver Nuggets were clearly the better basketball team. And I can promise you this. The Nuggets now have a long layoff before they get to the NBA Finals. And they will get their due. On this show and across our network, we will give the Nuggets the due that they oh, deserve. yes, we will. But there's another side to this for the Lakers. And that didn't come in the loss. It came from the statements afterwards. I think a lot of Lakers fans right now are saying, wait, what? At the thought that LeBron might just not want to play. So, was he sending a message to the entire basketball world or... More specifically, was he sending a message to one person? We'll answer that next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals, and they take out the Lakers in a four-game sweep. Obviously frustrated not being able to uh, close out one of these games where you went in every game. And so um, that's, that's the frustrating part. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Thank <laughs> you. 
in their 47th season in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals, and they take out the Lakers in a four-game sweep. Obviously frustrated, not being able to um, close out one of these games where you went in every game. Just couldn't make plays down the stretch, so um, that's, that's the frustrating part. Obviously, it hurts right now, especially the way you know we lost, not only tonight, but I think we gave away two games, three games. You know, it's tough. Lakers fans had the opportunity at one point to wake up today with some level of comfort, even in being swept. In fact, the Nuggets, in sweeping the Lakers, had the fourth lowest point differential in a sweep ever in the playoffs. You could look at this and say, even though it was a sweep, it was wildly close. You could look at this if you're a Lakers fan and you could say there's a reason for hope. But much of that died after the game when LeBron James made it clear at his press conference and in talking to our own Dave McMiniman that retirement is something he's considering right now. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance. Eastern Conference Finals Game 4 tonight, Celtics at Heat. Celtics trying to avoid the sweep. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. You don't want to miss it. But last night... We saw the Lakers season end, and then the drama started after the game, Harry. And the question is, is all of this really because LeBron's considering retirement, or is this just a message that he's trying to get off to the front office? This is what Dave McMiniman, ESPN NBA reporter, said about that very thing on Get Up this morning. If he feels like there's a group around him that he can certainly see a pathway to to playing for a championship— I totally expect him to suit up again. He even admitted that in the time he was out with that foot injury, he was watching the Lakers play and kind of became a fan of some of these young players on the rosters, the Rui Hachimuras, the Austin Reeves, Jared Vanderbilts, etc. And so certainly he feels good about this roster, but of course he would like as much talent available, uh, as much talent that makes sense together as well to suit up with next year for year 21. So we buy in this area, like, is it a message to the front office or is this uh, LeBron just uh, in his feels? Well, I I will say this first. I think another message that LeBron could be sending is, am I able to do it with these guys that I have? Right. And the first person I'm going to point out is A.D. Can A.D. be that dog that we need him to be when it comes to X, Y and Z? And I understand his numbers right in this playoffs is phenomenal. His numbers in this series versus the Denver Nuggets weren't bad but when it comes to crunch time and I need someone else to be my Robin can that guy else uh step up and make those plays if I've exerted all my energy that's the first thing I'll say and then also when you look at the supporting cast and Rob Palenka made a a wonderful trade in my eyes and it was needed when you brought over number one you got Hachimura who in my eyes I think is the only one in this series out of the trade that stepped up and made plays but then Malik Beasley He has been a no-show because they didn't believe in him when it came to this series or the last series. You also look at D'Angelo Russell, who was on the back of a milk carton and missing. And then you look at Jared Vanderbilt and what what the lack of what he was able to do because of the offensive end. Right. So now you had to play Dennis Schroeder. So the trade was good for certain moments for the Lakers season. But when you ran, ran into a juggernaut like the Denver Nuggets, who has players up and down their roster, Were those guys feasible enough to be able to get you over the hump? And the answer was no. Yes, he's going to believe in, you know, um, 
I would say, a Hachimura. He stepped up and made plays. He's going to believe in an Austin Reeves. But the rest of the guys are, are a bit of a question mark when it come, when it came to the Western Conference Finals. I, I think that's part of it is the way all this ended, right? Because if you're LeBron, you got to look around and you have to know. And, and I think he does at this point. Look, I can't do this alone. And he certainly tried. 40-point effort last night, 31 in the first half. Uh, I, I think it was Wendy this morning on Get Up said one of the best halves you've ever seen in LeBron's entire career, right? So mm-hmm. think about that. You have one of the best halves you've ever seen from one of the greatest players of all time. All happening at once, right? And So you have that going down, and then at the same time, you find yourself in the fourth quarter needing more. And, and you know, realistically, I can look around and, and say, if I'm LeBron, this is frustrating. I expected somebody else to be able to help me out in this process. Nobody else really did, and so all of a sudden, everything's on me. And we could look at the rise since the trade and say, hey, look at how well it went. But the fact is, now they played the team that is going to be the that is right now the creme de la creme of the West and yep. and it is going to be that for you know the foreseeable future. All of a sudden you're looking around saying, Man, sure, we were good enough to beat Memphis. We were good enough to beat Golden State, but when we played the actual best of the best in the conference, there's a large gap between where the Lakers are and where the Nuggets are. So that's but, gotta but be I was, frustrating. But I, but I will say this though. Because honestly, if you look at each game in this series, I don't believe it was a large gap because the Lakers could have easily won those games. It's just, can I have someone else outside of LeBron James when these plays need to be made? Can they make those plays? You can be phenomenal all you want to in the first quarter, in the second quarter or whatnot, but when the fourth quarter comes and you're out there on the floor, can you make the shots? Can you make the plays defensively and offensively? Can you take the charges? Because last night I seen LeBron James the only one taking the charges in the fourth quarter, right? What what happened to Anthony Davis? And then you're playing against a guy, Nikola Jokic. LeBron James has to guard him at some points. No, Anthony Davis, that's your damn job. Shouldn't be LeBron James's job. So that's what I'm talking about. Does LeBron James believe that these guys, and I know he believes in Austin Reeves, he believes in Anthony Davis, I believe, to a certain degree. Because Anthony Davis hasn't been that dominant dog that you need on a consistent basis to compliment LeBron James on a consistent basis. He's been it here. He's been it there. He's been at two games. He take a night off. He, he, he'll do it another two games, take two nights off. So the inconsistency is there. I mean, last night, if you hammered the under on Anthony Davis, you made money. That's all I'm saying. That's, that speaks to something. He did less than Vegas expected last night. Josh in Baton Rouge wants to chime in. Josh, thanks for calling Fitz and Harry. What do you got, man? Thanks, man. I think it's pretty rich of Harry questioning the, the dog inside of AD when LeBron, you know, in the clutchest moment of the game last night, got blocked the ball stolen in the pivotal game of the moment. Yes, he, he balled out in the first half. Are we going to remember that? The greatest first half of all time? No, the dude lost. He scored nine points in the second half. Y'all need to talk about the Nuggets. They're dominant. I understand he's one of the greatest players of all time, but like, let's be real here. Is Bronny really going to even make a roster? Thank you. Yeah, Bronny's going to make a roster, and somebody's <laughs> yeah. going to sign him just to get LeBron. Let's be real. Uh, like, as much as we've had the the argument we're not going to get into right now well, Fitz, of Fitz, Michael Jordan, I will let, remind let, everybody. Let me, let me ask you a question really quick, Fitz, though. 
Who has been more critical of LeBron James in this fourth in the fourth quarter of this series? Harry. Harry's by far been the critical one. On, uh, I will say quickly, somebody will sign Bronny simply because LeBron and Bronny will fill arenas and people make money off of that. So that's going to happen. The other side of it is, I'll, I'll steal this from Zach Lowe this morning, who's one of our best basketball minds. You got 40 damn points from LeBron James. So would you have been happier if you got 10 of those in the fourth quarter? It took every one of those 40 points and all of his legs to keep the rest of the team in it. So maybe instead of looking at LeBron and saying, why aren't you being clutch? Maybe other people in the Lakers organization could look around and say, why did we not help LeBron enough that he could be sat at points, that he could actually get some uh, gas at points, so that he could sit down if he needed to, so that production would come from somewhere else? Because maybe you don't like his legs in the fourth quarter, but you damn sure didn't get enough from anybody else to need less than the turbo button for 48 minutes from LeBron. I'm not even a LeBron fan. Like, I'm not a guy that comes in and says, oh, like, oh, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. And I can't find any Anyway, to poo-poo on that effort last night. I just, it, it blows my mind. It, it, huh? It, Hold up now. Now, I am going to get on him. I know we have a commercial brick that we got to get to. But I'm going to get on him because when you're considered the greatest of all time by a lot of people, I do need you to step up in the fourth quarter. Now, with saying that, you also need others to step up. But you, LeBron James, some kind of way you got to figure it out. And I understand fatigue is a real thing. And other people need to step up as well. But if we're going to keep having these GOAT conversations, I, I, the, the GOAT only, in a lot of y'all eyes can't you know, have the numbers that he had in the fourth quarter in every single game in the series. The only thing I'd say is I feel like in this series, and especially last night, basically this entire show staff, me, Devin, Evan, we all asked you to give us a piggyback ride for a relay race. You carried us three quarters of the way, and then the last quarter you dropped us so that you could finally go run, and you didn't have any legs left. Because LeBron was carrying the Lakers on his back throughout much of that game last night. I, I, and, I agree, I agree, and I agree with you. That, that That's the hardest part. Like, Harry's still the athlete, we're not. But if he has to carry all of us three quarters of the way, and then he looks slow on the last quarter, I can't turn around and be like, Harry, why aren't you faster? You just carried <laughs> the team. All right, where do the Lakers go from here? And did Darvin Ham make one massive mistake last night that could have changed the outcome of the game? Fitz and Harry, the podcast. season in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals, and they take out the Lakers in a four-game sweep. Obviously frustrated not being able to um, close out one of these games where you went in every game. Just couldn't make plays down the stretch, so um, that's, that's the frustrating part. Obviously, it hurts right now, especially the way you know we lost, not only tonight, but we gave away two games, three games. You know, it was just tough. One thirteen, one eleven was the final score in a game that came down to the wire. The Nuggets get the two-point win, and as a result, they get the 4 nothing series sweep. The Lakers' season is done. And just when you thought that was the worst news for the Lakers, 
afterwards, LeBron made it clear that retirement is something he is now contemplating. What's it all mean? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, the Wolfback goes by one. Travis Rogers, our buddy, ESPN 710 LA, joins us on the show. Travis, I appreciate you hanging out with us. I wish we were hanging out with with joyful uh, questions for you, but uh, (laughs) let's get right into it. Uh, Above me on the game, what was your reaction to the comments made by LeBron afterwards regarding retirement. Yeah, I think they caught everybody by surprise, right? I think that, that it came out exactly, you know, right when the game ended, I think was the big surprise that this is something that he's been thinking about, maybe a little bit less so, but that he dropped it at the end of the night, I think was a big surprise. I, I, I will say this, though, 250, that after 20 years in the league, after getting swept, after going through what the Lakers went through this season, going from 2-10 and 10 to the Western Conference Finals, and him having a 40-point night where he was absolutely brilliant and it still wasn't good enough, I think when, what you say at the end of that night, I'm, I'm going to give him a pass that if a week from now, two weeks from now, three weeks from now, he's feeling very different. But LeBron James doesn't do too many things without thinking him through. He's an incredibly smart and tactical guy. So if he said it, there's something to it. But I do think there's a little bit of wiggle room considering that it was at the end of an incredibly long, difficult season, one that ended disappointingly and ended with him hurt. Travis, what does this Lakers team look like if LeBron James decided to retire moving forward? Well, I think that's the number one question, right? The number one question is, are they comfortable having a team where Anthony Davis is their unquestioned best player and centerpiece of their organization. Is that something that they want to do? That That's the question that I think nobody is entirely sure what the answer is. Maybe they want to do that, and they think that he can be the guy that they were hoping he would be when they made that trade a few years ago. Or maybe since the bubble and everything that we've seen from Anthony Davis since then, now he's been healthier for the last couple of months, but – Is he a guy that you can say he's the best player on a championship team? I don't think you can. I I think that still has been LeBron James. I think that we saw last night that even with LeBron at his absolute best, a 40-point night doing what he did, it still wasn't good enough to beat the best player in the NBA in Jokic. It still wasn't good enough to win a single game in that series, despite Anthony Davis having some good nights. What you're asking is the most important question. I don't know if Rob Polinka or Jeannie Buss or, or anybody else has an answer to that. What does this look like post-LeBron James? Is Anthony Davis the guy or not? Or do you need to start thinking about life after not just LeBron, but life after LeBron and AD? I mean, that's We're talking to Travis Rogers, ESPN 710 LA. Uh, hear me out. If we're not sure LeBron really believes that AD can be that guy, and that would be part of his conversation in, in retirement, and we're not sure if the Lakers believe that AD can be that guy, do the Lakers not have to right now look at the possibility of moving on from AD in this moment? Yeah, but what do you get, right? I mean, th- this is one of those things that is 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 are you trading him at his low point? Are you getting something incredibly beneficial to your organization long term for Anthony Davis? Are you getting picks and you're just hoping that you run into a transcendent player at some point because as frustrating as AD is and he is He's still one of the better players in the league. He just might not be good enough, right? Is he, is he Giannis? Is he Jokic? Is he one of the uh, Luka? Is he one of those guys? Probably not, but he's in that next group of guys. And do you try to find enough complimentary pieces around him and, and help him get where he needs to go? Do you have LeBron be a part of this as kind of a, 
as weird as it sounds, LeBron is the sidekick in this situation moving forward. But I do think that the, what, what you're suggesting, Fitzy, of, hey, look, let's hit the detonator and start all over again. At least it has to be discussed in some back room somewhere of, hey, let's start again. Let's start thinking picks. Let's start thinking young players. Let's start thinking flexibility because AD is he's not old, but he's fragile and he's inconsistent. And those two things don't typically lead to championships. Okay, so Travis, let's just say hypothetically LeBron's going to come back. AD's going to be back and everyone, the band's back together, right? This offseason, mm-hmm. where does this team need to improve moving forward? Well, I think they need to find somebody that could be a consistent third scorer. Somebody that can give, that would be number one. I think the second thing is you're going to have to find somebody that can give AD a little help as far as a big go. We saw, I mean, the fact that they needed to use Tristan Thompson last night, I think speaks to their lack of depth at that particular uh, possession. I think a more traditional point guard, somebody not in the mold of of a Russell Westbrook who needs the ball in his hands a whole bunch, somebody that can facilitate, somebody that can knock down open shots. We know AD likes to have the ball in his hands. AD likes to, I should say LeBron, likes to have the ball in his hands. I think those are the three places that I would look. And I wouldn't mess with it too, too much. If, in fact, your scenario, Harry, is right, that you're going to have your two big guys back. I think they try to move heaven and earth to make sure that you keep Austin Reeves. I think he's very important. I think Hachimura proved that he belongs in this league and could be an important player on a good team. The chemistry is really good. I think you, you go around the edges, you get some help at a big, you get some help at point guard. And and if you can find a third scorer that D'Angelo Russell was supposed to be, that wouldn't hurt either. And, and he's not the guy. I think you'll see him in a different uniform next year. Uh, Travis, I'm stealing this from Harry, but I, I got to get your thoughts on it. Because we were texting last night during the game. And there were several times early in the game when the Lakers had a big lead and Harry was just all caps and uh, he was very passionate. Darvin Ham <laughs> needs to sit LeBron right now and get him some rest. And the concept is, yeah, I know you're up, but you got to save some gas in the fourth quarter. We just had a caller call in and say we shouldn't be praising LeBron. I shouldn't be praising LeBron like this because he had nothing left in the tank in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Did Darvin Ham do a good enough job of managing the minutes in your mind for LeBron over the course? of this series no but what's he supposed to do right i mean if you sit him you fall behind if you play him he's out of gas at the end of the game what other option is there 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 was no one else that could do what lebron is doing there was no other place for them to go there wasn't another player that could fill the role of lebron james i think you gotta hope that lebron and, and i believe that he is is capable and, and able to find moments in the game to kind of catch his breath, to take a possession off here or there and, and, and collect. We saw him, you know, what was it, four seconds to go in the first half, and he'd be like <laughs> to the locker room, just those extra couple of seconds and minutes and timeouts here and there because, look, we all would have loved for him to play 32, 33 minutes a night and be able to maximize those 33 minutes, but – when LeBron's not on the court, the team doesn't function nearly as well. There was there was no good option. Would he have liked to get him rest? Absolutely. But who are you putting in in his place that's actually going to keep it close enough? They didn't have the answer to that either. There was no good option. Travis, we appreciate you hanging out with us, man. And uh, I'm sure the bat phone will continue ringing as we get more drama. So thanks for always answering it for us, brother. Go Dodgers. We'll talk. We'll talk soon. <laughs> he's, oh, he's on to, don't he's you, on don't you do that? They playing the Braves right now. Don't you do that, oh, Travis? Man, this just happened. Like now we've got show beef. Travis Rogers, ESPN <laughs> seven ten LA. He's moved on to the Dodgers. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance for a job you'll love. Visit progressive.com slash careers. If LeBron does return, should the Lakers run it back? Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
87th season in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals, and they take out the Lakers in a four-game sweep. Obviously frustrated, not being able to um, close out one of these games where you went in every game. Just couldn't make plays down the stretch, so um, that's, that's the frustrating part. Obviously, it hurts right now, especially the way you know we lost, not only tonight, but we gave away two games, three games. You know, it was just tough. For all the questions that are about to be asked about the future of LeBron, there will also inevitably be questions about the future of Anthony Davis. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel, Lady Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Now, I- I'll say, Harry, this show, we're pretty consistent on most things. You and I each, we-, we don't just say things to say things. So because we believe them, we usually dig in on them a little bit. We have been, according to some people, harsh on Anthony Davis at times. I know that. I'll admit that. I don't know exactly what I'm looking for, but I didn't see it last night. Like, there's just this moment. Like, I'm being real for it. Like, tell me you didn't see the same thing. I'm watching LeBron out here. Just like LeBron's using old man strength. He's using old man legs. He's out there like, it's like when you're standing there and you've got your dad's out there suddenly and like he can lift this 500 pound thing and move it and you don't know how he's doing it. That's what LeBron's doing. In the meantime, like, I felt like AD was standing on the other side and he was like, yo, yo, you need help? No, you're good. Okay, you got it. You got it. I just didn't feel that that energy from Anthony Davis. Tell me if I'm wrong. So no. So I'm, I'm, I got to ask you this question though, Fitz, because in this series, Anthony Davis averaged 26 and 14, right? And game one he had 40 and 10, and game two he had 18 and 14. Game three he had 28 and 18. Last night in game four he had 21 and 14. But my question to you, I'm gonna ask you this one: At any point in this series, did you feel like Anthony Davis just was that alpha male dog dominant player? Not like hundred. You're hundred percent right. I felt like maybe you're say, you're saying it better than I am because like I'm waiting for Anthony Davis to be like the dominant, like the guy, the dog. Yes. You know, like the the oh my god, you cannot stop him. Force that that, that wasn't there. And I, and I, and I think you could probably question. Yes, he was in game one because he had the forty and ten. Yeah, Forget but also. Jokic still outplayed him in that game as well, <laughs> right? So uh, when you look at it and who he's going against too, but I just never got the sense that Anthony Davis really put his imprint, his staple on this series. And is that because, number one, he lacks the consistency or he doesn't you know, score in a dominant fashion in the moments that the Lakers really, 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 really needed to happen? Um, that a lot of his energy get, you know, wasted and used up because who he had to guard on the other end defensively and Nikola Jokic and what challenges he poses as an offensive threat. But I never got the sense in this series that Anthony Davis was dominant. And it's crazy to say that because he averaged 26 and 14. That, but, it, but it comes to the thing, like, you know how people say numbers don't lie? Well, sometimes numbers can't lie. Yeah, I mean, uh, to your point, like, at what point was he the best player in the series? The best player exactly. on the floor? Was he the guy? Now, Zach Lowe was not having any of this on Get Up This Morning. ESPN senior NBA writer. I pointed out Zach earlier when he agreed with me. So, in fairness, I should point out when he disagrees with me. Because on Get Up, he said AD isn't getting the credit he deserves. We're just going to say, oh, defense doesn't matter. It I does matter. To, it, does, it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter the way we talk about Anthony I, Davis. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. You guys yeah, wave it away because he doesn't dominate we the make, ball. 
make it. We'll make it. To Monica's point, he's never dominated the ball. If you look at the top 25 scores in the NBA, three are centers. Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. Those two other guys are built different offensively mm-hmm. than Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has never been, to his fault, I guess, a give-me-the-ball, Hakeem Olajuwon post-up player. That's not who he is. Well, and they, if you want to say you wish you were that kind of player and you wish you could do that every game, that's fair. Just acknowledge that for half the game, yeah. he's the most dominant presence on the floor. Uh, here's my only argument to that. Hmm? Opponent field goal percentage shooting, uh, field goal percentage shooting, when contested by Anthony Davis in the Western Conference Finals, if he was the primary defender, his opponent shot forty-seven point seven percent against him. That is not all that epic. If he was used as a help defender, opponents only shot twenty-eight percent. So yes, as a help defender, he was great. Jokic shot over fifty percent against Anthony Davis, whether it was as primary or as help. So everybody keeps telling me, well, but it's about the defense. It's about the defense. Well, okay, then fine. Let's also acknowledge that what we now clearly know, then if we want to give AD credit defensively, is that Jokic is a far better player than Anthony Davis. Here's the thing for me, though, when it comes to the point that Zach Lowe made about Anthony Davis not being that ball-dominant guy. At what point are you going to, like, are you going to be? At what point are you going to say, hey, man, give me the block? Are you going to go to a timeout or a TV timeout and go to the bench? Hey, man, I need the ball right here and right now at this moment, at this point on the basketball court. Like, uh, is he not going to be that guy? Because if so, then I don't know if they can count on him on a consistent well, uh, basis. And, and by the way, if that's going to be our new argument, by the way, that like, hey, you know, that's never been who he's been. Okay, cool. If we're never going to ask players to evolve in the way they approach the game, then that changes all of our conversations. Like, I guess this year, if Dak throws a bunch of interceptions for the Cowboys, we can't look at him and say, calm that down. That's just who Dak suddenly has become. If Josh Allen throws a bunch of interceptions, do we just turn around and say, you know, why are we asking Josh to do something different? Russell Westbrook goes out. How often does Russ, uh, all the time we've seen Russell Westbrook go out and play the way Russell plays and people yell about it. Well, maybe you should just stop yelling because that's who he is. Like, uh, who he is is not an argument to not sit, and sit here and critique it. I mean, at some point, we have the right to look at somebody and say, I don't care what you've done. You were brought in to be the face of the organization and to take the baton from LeBron. You are neither at this point. You are not the face of the organization. You didn't take the, the baton from, from LeBron. We're not sure LeBron believes he can win a championship with you, and we're pretty sure the Lakers don't believe they can win a championship only with you. That is not enough. And, and, and I will say this, though, too, though. Do you think LeBron kind of needs to, you know, approach a Anthony Davis in a certain manner to get him to understand that? Because you, you you look at the greats, right? You look at, you know, Kobe Bryant and and what he was trying to get out of Pau Casal and was able to dig deep and reach him. And you look at Kobe again and him and Shaq and, you know, things that transpired there. You look at, you know, Jimmy Butler and what he does for his teammates. Does LeBron need to approach Anthony Davis in a different manner to get him to understand he needs him to be that guy? Maybe, but also, like, if you're standing on the floor with him, you got to feel it, right? You got to yeah. feel it at some point. Now, there's one right. person they could bring in that could be the missing piece to fix all of it. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 